0: From the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is.
1: This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Thank you, Jim McCarthy. Yes, that's my buddy, Jim McCarthy. Jim McCarthy voiceover's Com. Welcome to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, where today we are going to talk about, ah yes, one of my favorite topics, OTT. What is OTT? We've done a couple episodes about OTT, uh, but this will be a fun one. I'm looking forward to the discussion here. OTT for uh, the layperson, those of you who do not know what it is or not familiar with it, stands for over the top. And, you know, I guess for lack of a better description, it is... A broad term for any way that someone is watching television other than through a traditional uh, cable box, cable wire, coax cable coming out of the wall, right? That's the general umbrella term of uh, OTT. And when I talk to auto dealers about OTT, I try and gauge something from my pre-conversation. I try and think about how do I want to talk to them about OTT? One They know nothing about it, have never heard of it, don't know anything about OTT. Ten, super nerd-level, programmatic buying expert. And so I'm hoping to keep today's discussion between a three and a seven. So anybody listening who is totally into the OTT thing will find it informative. And those of you who don't know anything will be able to follow along and also find it informative. informative, uh, find it informative uh, as well. So my guest today is the uh, owner of Steenman Associates and contributor to Dealer Marketing Magazine. His name is Ed Steenman. Let's bring him on here. Ed, how are you?
0: Hey, good afternoon. Good morning. Good day. Thank you uh, for um, inviting me on. I understand that I am the uh, the first uh, Dealer Marketing Magazine
1: Contributor, yes. A
0: person you to are. Uh, get on, so uh, that'll either be a good thing or a bad thing. I guess we'll find <laughs> out.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to be talking to some of the uh, contributors to do, uh, Dealer Marketing uh, Magazine at Dealermarketing.com. And uh, I read your article uh, about OTT, and I love having a good OTT discussion so I thought let's have a little chat about OTT, and I think the first thing we should talk to the dealers out there who are listening, or you know other or agencies, advertising partners, uh, is about um, who or how many or what people are watching television through uh, the internet, other than watching through a cable box. What do the numbers look like? What kind of people? What are the number of people who are using these types of devices to watch television?
0: Well, the short answer, while I look up the numbers on the laptop here, the short answer is about 25% of, of uh, television consumption uh, on non um, what they call AVODs. We'll, we'll skip the terms here, but people that excluding things like Netflix, Um, And uh, Amazon that are subscription based uh, pay models, but talking the rest of the world. Now, my understanding, according to the latest stats that I've seen is around 25% of the consumption is occurring in a nonlinear fashion.
1: That's a significant number when you consider how fragmented the uh, media landscape is right now, just to, you know, we'll use the radio comparison since I'm an old radio guy, you know, growing up working on the radio 20 years ago, the way to listen to music or to hear the traffic or to get the weather was by listening to the radio. There was not another way to get all that information. Now you can listen to music on the radio or you can listen to it on Sirius XM, on Pandora, on Spotify, on Apple Music, on YouTube Music, on Google music on Amazon, there's a million ways to listen to the radio. And just like that, there's a million ways to watch TV. There are a ton of ways to get content. Everybody makes television shows now. You don't have to watch something that's on CBS, NBC, ABC, or Fox. Content is everywhere. And people access it from all places. And OTT is a uh, obviously a growing segment Of people are accessing their accessing their television content through OTT. Uh, One of the common um, kind of things about I've got some numbers
0: for you. Yeah, okay, go for it. It Says half of this is according uh, to uh, OpenX and EMarketer. It says that half of U.S. adults over 18 use at least one OTT service, uh, which would include the pay services, and that translates into 180 million. OTT subscription video service users. Um, And from an advertising perspective, they're projecting a, I think they said about a 23% increase. And that now puts that at a $47 billion, uh, $47 billion spent on targeted video. So you know, the numbers may be a little bit different depending on where you are, but it's a, when you start talking about 25% or 50% or 47 billion, I mean, it's, it's, yeah it's a big group out there. So yeah, for sure. uh, And it's no longer, I mean, most of the folks and you probably know too, and the dealers probably know too, from a personal level. I mean, it feels like everybody's watching Netflix or, or Hulu or Amazon. Rarely do I encounter anybody that that really doesn't, doesn't, um, you know, isn't using those services or, or isn't familiar with those yeah. services. Now there are access different ways. Some people are going through their Xfinity, uh, you know, X one remote. Some people are using an app. Some people are using a phone and, and, and we're going to talk about, I think that as, as, as we move forward in the conversation,
1: you know, also too, there's, um, a, uh, percentage of the population who, have both right so we um in my household went to cancel our cable so we went and this is years ago obviously and we got you know netflix and we got hulu and we got uh, amazon and um and then we never canceled our cable i just got too lazy to cancel my cable uh so i ended up using my cable on occasion as well and then it came to a point where i found out that i was just watching all my content through these other platforms. And then I'm like, why am I paying for all these platforms and paying for cable? So eventually yeah. canceled cable, but there is a, a um, uh, a percentage of the population who have both. But what I was going to say before was, um, I think one of the problems that we have in our industry, the automotive industry with OTT is some people will just assume, oh, this is how only how young people watch TV, but that's not, that's not the case at all. Right.
0: No, not at all. Um, I'll see if I can pull some numbers. But basically, OTT has seen double digit increases across all of the demographics. Um, I think in the early days, it was pretty attractive when you felt like linear TV. Linear TV has really become, you know, a 45 plus um, by and large Um mm-hmm. Demographic, And I think there was a lot of attractiveness with auto dealers to say, oh, well, you know, the only way I can reach young people is on Facebook or on YouTube or, you know, on whatever the platforms are now that are the social platforms. But really, there is a lot of video um, consumption of OTT across all the demographics.
1: Let's, let's talk about dealers who maybe spend money on uh, television right now and aren't doing any kind of streaming television uh, type advertising. When you start talking to uh, a, a client about um, spending money on OTT, do you talk to them about uh, the audience that they're going to buy or the programming that they might be interested in buying? Like, How do you start that conversation if they ask you the question like, well, I want to be on... I, buy, I bought the same March Madness package from my cable company right. for the last 10 years. <clears throat> I want to be on March Madness. How do you, how do you have that discussion with them?
0: So it's very much um, driven by the, um, by the data. It's a data-driven product as opposed to the reason that you buy a program is because you think that that program is the audience that you want to reach. Obviously, if you're buying the cooking show, you you know, for years, you've been told by your media rep that the cooking show reaches women or it reaches a particular type of audience and the monster truck pull show may reach somebody different. At the end of the day, you're buying a program because you want the audience. And so one of the conversations that I'll have with them is, okay, let's say that you're on... Um, traditional broadcast television, which which has its place. I mean, no question. Um, but let how what percentage of people are in the market for a car over the course of a year? Let's let's pick a number and, and, and Matt, you may know that number, but let's just say for, for the sake of discussion that ten percent of the people um are in the market for a car this year. So that means on any given month, maybe one or 2% of the people that are viewing that ad are in the market for an automobile. Okay, do you wanna, that means that you're getting, let's say you're getting a 95% waste or you're getting a 97% waste. Let's agree that the bulk of the ad dollars are, are reaching people who are not active in market shoppers. With OTT um, or CTV, which is a subset um, of that, you can go in and using the data Um, you can determine exactly okay I was in the market for I've been shopping for a Toyota online my lease expires in six months Um, I'm looking for a large uh, a large uh, size SUV I mean you start to be able to utilizing the variety of first and third party data that are out there you, you are able to really really narrow cast and really target to the folks that have identified themselves hand raisers as in-market shoppers. When you compare that back to uh, a traditional linear TV, I mean, if the cost per point of, or the cost per thousand of linear TV, I mean, it would have to be, it would have to be, um, you know, in a, in in a factor of ten to to start getting the targetability of an OTT. So because you're reaching the people that are on that broadcast are are there's such a small fraction of them are shoppers. Whereas with OTT, I'm going after what I hope to be a hundred percent of the target that I've identified.
1: Do you ever hear dealers who will say like, um, you know, oh, I want a day part my content, I only want to be on from, you know, 6am to 11pm. And I always will have the discussion like, well, like a person who's in the market for a car is only thinking about it between six and 11. Like it doesn't matter a what they're watching. It doesn't matter when they're watching. It matters that you know, the person watching is the person that you're trying to reach. So the time that they're watching or what they're watching is for all purposes, just irrelevant. Really?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and even more so this year during COVID, when we're all home and all consuming media in a whole variety of different ways. But yes, and so back to the discussion about channels um, versus versus data. Um, I mean, you you really want to get the very best data that you can moving forward. Now, when I uh, when I do OTT campaigns for some clients that are non automotive clients, you're somewhat limited. Uh, you can use some Experian data you can use you know credit reporting data you can use demographics you can use geography in the automotive space that space is one of the most evolved spaces for ott to where i really can use um, what used to be called garage predictor data or polk data um, and and use data in ways that you really aren't aren't accessible in other industries so it, At that point, you're just gonna be driven by where does the data say this customer is and I'll reach them at any time, day or night, no matter what they're watching. It doesn't matter what network it is. It doesn't matter what program it is. It only matters that they're a customer.
1: Now let's talk about um, results. Let's talk about some attribution, right? Um, When I used to buy advertising for the uh, auto group that I uh, was the marketing director at, I would buy um, television advertising through my cable rep, and then I would buy their TV Anywhere uh, product, which included on-demand, but also um, some streaming. At the end of the month, they would give me a report, and they would say, okay, here is your um, whatever it was called at the time, your TV Anywhere, your digital TV uh, report. And you got X amount of impressions, and here was the video completion rate, the video view-through rate. And that was what was on the report. And I'd be like, okay, okay. So that was, you know, $2,200, whatever, you know, 15% of my total budget, let's say. And the question at the end of that is, you know, what did I get for that? Like, what's the, like, what's the point? And of course, the same thing could be said for television to a certain extent, depending on what your goals are. But what are some of the attributions that dealers or any business really can get through OTT?
0: Well, that's an area that I'm glad you asked about it. That's an area that has really um, improved over the last 12 months. Um, I think back even a year or two ago, you were looking at exactly what you talked about, which was the, the view-through rate, uh, maybe a click-through, um, you know, number of impressions served, et cetera. Now there is attribution through a couple of different ways. Uh, one um, is an audio attribution, um, and the one of the more common ones that people refer to is a product called Alfonso. And Alfonso basically is a pixel that you put on your website. What happens is that your cell phone uh, is in your pocket or is sitting next to you on the table when the ad comes on the television. The ad plays a dog whistle, and your cell phone hears that dog whistle and knows that you've heard the ad. You don't hear that, but your phone knows the ad The ad was played. The phone, because it is at your house most of the time, your phone sleeps at your house. So now we know your IP address. So we can now correlate the fact that you saw an ad or heard an ad more accurately. And then within a certain amount of time, within one minute, within an hour, within a week, within two weeks, there's a decay rate. You then went to the dealership's website or you picked up your tablet or you picked up your phone and you started searching for a Subaru or you started searching for a Ford or for a truck. And so we now know that you went to that dealer's website. So we can give you direct attribution. And then with some OTT programs, we can even give you another level of attribution, which is because the phone is in your pocket when you walk onto the dealership's lot. We now know how many people walked onto the lot. So you served an ad to a hundred thousand people. Um, Three hundred and twelve of them went to your website within a seven-day period, and of those, fourteen of them actually walked onto your lot and crossed that threshold.
1: What are some of the ways that, um, in your opinion, dealers should think about OTT from a budgeting standpoint? Where should the money come from? Should they You know, nobody's looking to spend more money right now, right? No one's like, I'm spending 50 grand a month on my budget. How can I spend 56 grand next month? Right? A dealer wants to find that money somehow. Is there a suggestion or a way that you lead dealers through how to make budget adjustments to include OTT in their plan?
0: Yeah, so what typically what I'll do, and everybody has their own formula, I've kind of got my secret sauce, everybody's does it a little bit different way. This is where it's both an art and a science. But I will typically start by looking at what is the market opportunity. So we're going to define a range, let's say we're going to take a 10 mile radius uh, around your dealership, we're going to let's say you're selling um, um Let's say you're selling a mid-sized SUV. So, what is the market opportunity? What is the number of people that are actively in market for a mid-sized SUV? Uh, maybe we want to slice it, you know, for import versus domestic. However, we want to look at it. Who, who do, you, who can you best compete against your brand? Um, who are the brands that you're most likely to conquest again? And what is that opportunity? How many, how many shoppers are there in your market area. Then I will look and say, okay, what frequency do we wanna achieve with those shoppers? Similar to an AdWords buy. I mean, you wanna probably talk to those people. Nobody, we all see those OTT ads that are served, you know, 12 times in a show. That's because the, the person managing that isn't putting a cap on there. So let's say that we're gonna serve that OTT ad five times, Um, in a particular uh, to a particular individual so let's say for the sake of numbers that um, that you have a hundred thousand a hundred thousand opportunities or let's say that you have twenty thousand people in the market that you want to talk to you've identified those as your shoppers you want to reach each of those people an average of five times okay that means you need to buy a hundred thousand impressions because twenty times five is a hundred so 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 you say okay well is 20,000 people the right number of people that are that i want to reach okay let's broaden or narrow your geography Let's broaden or narrow some of the other criteria, and let's look at let's look at where we want to be. So that's if, use a formula and use the data, mm-hmm. um, use the predictive data to try to determine what the right budget would be. And that's typically, you know, with linear TV again, you're looking at okay, how many rating points do I want to buy? It's 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 a it's a much squishier process.
1: One of the questions that comes up a lot uh, in automotive with OTT is where is my spot gonna be? Right. Dealers like to know where their uh, commercials are going to fall and they like to have that recognition of, oh, I'm sitting in my showroom and the local news is on and there's my commercial. And, you know, or a dealer will say, I was at home and I watch Hulu all the time and I haven't seen my spot. So let's talk about um, placement and, uh, you know, where the spot's going to run and spot times. How do you communicate with dealers about that? Because it's not as simple as it is with cable television.
0: Yeah. So different providers. I mean, one of the things that I do um, as an agency is I'm shopping between probably 10 different OTT automotive specific OTT providers. And I'm going to go through with a dealer and say, okay, I think this one is the right, is the right provider for your need, or I'll go in. And if I'm going to do a direct buy through the DSPs, I mean, there's a variety of ways to do it. So all of the reporting, everyone's reporting looks a little bit different, but, but at a at a, at a basic level, you should demand to see, uh, obviously, your, your notarized scripts that you need for compliance, and you should be able to see some kind of a run schedule that's going to show you how many impressions were delivered on each network. Okay, uh, you know, Zumo TV delivered 5,000 impressions, and Pluto TV delivered 3,000, and FilmRise delivered 2,000, and, you know, and, and so you should be able to see that. Usually, you're not going to see, I was on a specific program. I can tell you that you were on the NBC app. I can tell you that you're on a particular, um, a, a particular app, but normally you're not going to see that particular detail. Um, that opens up kind of another discussion point, which maybe you are going to get to, but it's understanding the difference between OTT and CTV. Have you, can we have a little conversation about that? Let's do it. So, You defined earlier OTT as being over the top. Uh, The simple definition for me with OTT is anything that's delivered through an app. So I, for example, am am an Xfinity cable subscriber like you. I subscribe to my Xfinity cable through an app. I don't actually use a set-top box with a dial. The subset of OTT that I want to talk to you about is CTV, which is connected TV. And that basically means that it's a big screen in your house, usually the largest screen in your house. It's a television. It's not a laptop. It's not a tablet. It's not a cell phone. It is a TV. It is a smart TV. And that is that, is that subset. Um, and the reason that that's important and how it relates back to your earlier question about where was my ad delivered, um, delivering an ad on a tablet or a mobile device or a laptop is a different cost structure than delivering an ad on CTV where you might look at CTV delivery rates and I'll, I'll be, I'll be uh, depending on exactly the product, but on, on CTV, you might be in a $28. You might be at a 35 or $40 delivery rate with OTT and programmatic. You're going to be in a much lower, you're going to be something like perhaps a half, to a third of that. And then if you start blending in things like in banner video, Facebook, some of the social, YouTube, that number is gonna go even lower. And I think it's really important for dealers to understand when they're evaluating proposals from different vendors. I think vendors sometimes misspeak or sometimes these terms aren't as precise as they need to be. but. Purchasing a CTV campaign as opposed to purchasing an OTT campaign or a programmatic campaign, there's a really different cost there. And there's a different cost for a couple of reasons. There's a different cost because the inventory structure on CTV or connected TV, typically when you flip on Hulu or you flip on the NBC app, you're going to see, you know, an ad in the beginning. You're going to see an ad in the middle. Maybe you're going to see an ad at the end. I mean, there's three pieces of inventory in whatever that 20 minute or half hour show is. And so the inventory is much priced, much more pricey, much more expensive because there's less of it um, when you get into an OTT or programmatic where I can serve um, in all kinds of things, short form clips, um, pre-roll, um, there's just way more inventory. So it's it's going to cost less to buy a position there. Now, why does that matter? I'm a dealer. I'm like, I don't care where the ad runs. I just want to sell cars. Okay, I accept that. Going with a blended campaign where you have some on CTV, some on OTT, some programmatic, maybe some pre-roll and let the computer or someone like me figure out, okay, where are you getting the best results? Let the campaign drive itself and we'll optimize the campaign as we move forward. Or do I wanna be on really that high value, high engagement connected television? Probably the key reason to be on the connected television is the um, the view through rate. You talked earlier about view through rates. I mean, when you go and I look at YouTube or Facebook at the very low end of the dial. Facebook is short attention span theater. I mean, you're scrolling by videos. You might be on a video for two or three seconds. YouTube, how fast can I click out of that thing? It's three seconds and I'm gone. At the very other end of this of the scale is the CTV big screen experience where 98, 97, 99% of the ads are viewed all the way through. You can't hmm. click out of those ads You can get up and leave the room. You can stop watching the program. But the engagement level, if I were to compare a Facebook campaign where I'm going to click out of the ad in three seconds, what did I pay for that? And I got three seconds of advertising versus going on CTV where I got 97%. I got 28 or 29 of my 30 seconds. On a per second basis, the CTV is going to deliver much higher engagement. And the only reason to point that out is, I just want dealers to have an understanding that when a vendor comes in and gives them a price, that they understand that there's apples, there's oranges, there's cherries and there's mangoes. And, you know, how many of those I mix together is going to tell me what that price is going to be. And if I need to, if I need to beat a price, I'll put in more mangoes or I'll put in more cherries, you know? Mm -hmm. So just to understand that you're buying a basket of fruit or do you just want to buy premium apples? And you just want the full connected TV experience.
1: Yeah, and I, I probably have that discussion a lot with dealers um, or even agencies that we work with at at um, at the agency that I work at. Is the discussion will be okay? You know, is it more important to you that you are um, you know on this certain programming or at you're at this CPM? Or do you want us to do what we do best and get you, um, you know, in front of the number of people or the household you want to be in front of, in 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 front of people who you know who are in market, and let us and or let the computer determine where the best places are for those people to be reached, and the the number is going to go up and down based on the type of programming, what kind of like you said, what kind of device it's on, um, but. Um, you know, a lot of situations we'll say, you know, trust the process. In that, you know, we know what we're doing, right? The the program knows what we're doing. Um, but that being said, if you particularly want it this way, we can do it this way, and this is how it will work. But you know, we find a lot of situations like trust us, like, like this is what we do all day. This is our area of, uh, of expertise. I'm talking to uh, Ed Steenman, the owner at Steenman and associates, and also a contributor to a contributor to dealer marketing magazine here on Multi automotive marketing with Matt Wilson. Let's talk about, um, attribution again in terms of, okay, how close are we in any facet of marketing to getting to the point where the dealer can get the magic uh, the magic word said to them, which is you spent X amount of money on this and you sold a car because you ran this commercial. We're not there, but are, are we getting close?
0: You know, that raises a, a, a good point. Um, and one of the things that I think dealers need to understand, kind of the the, the one point I was making a, a minute ago about understanding what basket of fruit you're buying. I guess the other point of that is understand what you're trying to do with a V vi- uh, a video or a CTV or OTT campaign um, you're trying to to reach someone fairly low funnel but what are your expectations and what I run into sometimes is dealers are all about clicks mm. what are the clicks to my website and if I mix an OTT campaign so that it's on a desktop a cell phone, uh, a laptop, and I go heavy there, you're not likely to click on an ad that's playing on the TV screen in your bedroom. You really have no way to click on an ad that's playing on a TV screen in your bedroom. So if I want to set up a campaign for you that gets you the most clicks, and clicks is the only thing that you're going to look at, if you're going to look at CPM and clicks, great. I can give you a much lower CPM and more clicks by moving you into more active devices like a laptop or a mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Back to the engagement question of, okay, if I'm going to be on Facebook and I'm only going to see that ad for three seconds, when you look at the quality of those clicks, a lot of those clicks are, they didn't even view one page. They stayed for three seconds. I mean, you can't compare this to an AdWords campaign. You can't compare the. This is push marketing versus pull marketing. I'm in the market for a car. Where can I go buy one? That is pull marketing. I'm seeking to pull the data from the internet so that I can make a shopping decision. Video is push marketing. Video is I'm interrupting you when you're doing something else on your laptop. YouTube, please go away. I'm interrupting the the program that you're watching. You're watching America's Got Talent. You're watching something. The ad comes on you're much more accepting of push marketing in a traditional television format because we all grew up understanding that TV programs have ads. Right. So your engagement level and your acceptance level is much higher um, for that type of ad served. Now, back to your question of attribution, I'm certainly to the point where with the attribution metrics that are there, we can see how many people responded to the ad by going on your website, by doing research. And we can see how many people walked onto your lot. Um, And, and that's probably about as accurate as we are now. I've heard some, some talk about being able to de-anonymize data and actually be able to almost do a matchback like the old direct mail guys used to do, where we'll exclude everybody from your list, we'll go out, we'll concast, and then we'll show you how many people we sold. That is, that is starting to be a thing, but I don't know that it's really fully developed. And as I said, with D. De- the de-anonymization an- an- of data um, that gets into some tricky I- issues that I think haven't quite
1: been resolved. That is a big word. De-anonymiz- de-anonymization. Anonymization. Anonymization. De-anonymization. Anonymization. I write that down. How do you spell that? I don't even ask. <laughs> anonymization with a D. What? Um, where do you think we are in terms of dealers? Um, Being familiar with the terms OTT and connected TV, Uh, is it because dealers are now hearing it from not just agencies like you and me or from, um, you know, marketing directors of their groups, but they're hearing it from, the I and town squares of the world. And they're hearing it from cars.com who's selling a, a, mm-hmm. a, a product like that. Where are dealers on the familiarity familiarity familiarity? Another big word. Jeez. Hey, we're going Damn. for the big words. Where are they in recognizing the terminology yeah. and the importance of it?
0: Well, you know, I was, I was uh, meeting with a dealer just prior to, um, to coming on the air with you today. And this dealer has been, doing a a fair amount of ott um with a with a different vendor mm-hmm. um and and he felt that he had a pretty savvy grasp of it but when i really got in and started parsing the difference between ott and ctv and program programmatic another hey we got a lot a lot of big words programmatic. Yeah, really. um it was, he, he kind of, his ears kind of perked up and kind of like, okay. And I think that there's a lot of vendors out there that are using these terms interchangeably. Um, maybe they're not quite as defined as they should be. You, you know, you something sort of becomes part of common speak and you throw it out there. So yep. I, I think that there's not the definition or understanding. And, and again, I'm not saying that a dealer should buy all connected TV or shouldn't want to look at social media or shouldn't want to look at a blended campaign. I just want the education level to be there to where the dealer doesn't think he's buying a, when he's in fact buying B or buying C. I want there to be transparency so that they have a good sense of what they're doing. And if, and if a, if a, if a CTV campaign is, is the right thing for them. Great. If a blended campaign is the right thing for them. Great. There's some other things, um, some other developments that you may or may not be aware of, but now I can actually do a video retargeting campaign back on CTV. So let's say that you um, that you visited uh, Dealer XYZ's website and spent a little time there. I now can can put that 30 second video ad on the big screen at your house, knowing that you just visited that dealer's website. I can do some conquest targeting. I can do some retargeting. I can do lookalike targeting. Let's say that you have a particular customer base. You're a truck dealer, and and you have characteristics of a particular um, demographic or a particular lifestyle or, or a particular um, type of customer. I can now go in and segment data to where I'm going after that lookalike audience, similar to what to what um, you know AdWords or what's you know Facebook or what some of these other uh, campaigns have been able to do. So we're getting some different tools and some different levels, increasing levels of granularity that, um, that is much beyond just, you know, age, sex demo and you know, how, what's your radius that you want.
1: Before I let you go, let's talk a little bit about dealer marketing mag, uh, dealer marketing magazine, where you are a contributor. Let's talk about um, how that's been going so far and what type of, um, what type of content and uh, articles that uh, you've been um, doing for them.
0: Well, so I have been a contributor at Dealer Marketing Magazine, I want to say, for um, over 15 years. Wow. I lose track of the years. Dealer Marketing Magazine um, back in the day was actually a magazine and was basically distributed to, I think, every rooftop in the United States. I used and to get Canada. it. And, I used to yeah, get it. The, so, the,
1: they would stick it yeah. on my desk.
0: And the, the publisher Brett Stevens uh, Brett Stevenson decided uh, a couple of years ago that he was uh, it was time for him to retire and uh, and uh, transferred the reins over to Laura Keys who has done a fabulous job. There no longer is a physical magazine, but she's been very aggressive in in promoting the online um, the online piece of it. Um, I would leave her to tell you what the, uh, what the distribution stats are at this point. But I know that there's a, a, a collection of us and I really try to, um, I really try to write in a, in a broad level of areas. I used to be the guy that would go to the automotive conferences and, and write information about that. I'm not pushing a particular, um, I'm not like a, like a particular vendor, an auto trader or someone that, you know, when you're selling, When you're selling a product, then you look for ways that your product is a solution to every problem. So I'm an agnostic, independent agency, independent media buyer. And so I'm going to look at things and say, okay, can I just give you an honest evaluation of this? Because at the end of the day, I work for the customer, I don't work for the vendor. Um, Another area that I'm very excited about writing about and maybe another show in the future is podcasting. And what I see happening um, in that arena from a local uh, dealer automotive perspective. Um, and since we are doing a, a podcast uh, here, um, that might make for an interesting uh, future topic of conversation, but that's another area that I really see um, streaming audio and audio on demand um, as being an underutilized area for, especially for local tier three auto dealers. So those are the things that I like to write about.
1: So I like it, we'll do a podcast about a podcast in our industry (laughs) Ed Steenman contributor to dealer direct magazine and owner at Steedman Steenman Steenman man I can't talk Steenman and associate professional I'm a professional broadcaster Steenman dealer associates
0: dealer marketing dealer marketing magazine what did I say did I say it wrong you said dealer direct magazine but that's what the heck is that even uh, oh, I, I don't man. know, but maybe we need to go do that. <laughs> so what a pleasure to be uh, to be your, your first guest from Dealer Marketing Magazine on your podcast. I hope that I've paved the way for uh, my brethren who will follow and presumably do a much more um, compelling <laughs> podcast, but at least we broke the ground and, uh, and off we go.
1: You did a great job. I appreciate it, Ed. Thanks for the discussion. All right. I look forward to uh, chatting with you again real soon. You got it. We'll do it. There you go. Ed Steenman right there on uh, Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. We have uh, all kinds of great episodes coming up. Lots of great topics, uh, lots of great guests. Another episode of Expera Marketing with Colin Carasquillo coming up as well. So uh, keep listening. Keep checking in. We appreciate you listening once again.